0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Well, hello everyone. This is George Parker. Welcome to Small Business IT Radio again. From here we are. It's another Friday already, and we've only got a couple Fridays left to go until our Christmas break. So it's hard to believe it's December already. And what a ride it's been in 2008. And uh, you know all kinds of great stuff happening out there, and then there's not uh, there's not so great stuff happening if you if you follow Canadian politics at all. Anyway, enough on that. Uh, again, welcome to Small Business IT Radio. It, my name is Stuart Crawford, and we're on uh, Blog Talk Radio today, coming from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, if you haven't checked out blogtalkradio.com I, I welcome you to do so. It's a great way to start broadcasting whatever you have to say uh, out there to uh, out to the world. And, uh, you know, given that the marketing is becoming in more and more uh, necessity, especially as the economy starts to turn, it's a great free way to get your, uh, to get your voice out there and, talk and talk, start talking about the services that you deliver, the value you bring to, uh, to your community. Again, this is Small Business IT Radio, a show focused focus for small business IT professionals, um, how to go to market, how to do stuff, and, you know, better service our clients. And today I have uh, Bob Gahn joining us uh, from Nortel Networks. And Bob's in charge of marketing uh, for the Unified Communications and the Data Network side uh, from Nortel. So welcome, Bob. How are things up on the East Coast today?
0: They are fine. I'm here uh, outside of Boston. It's sunny. It's about uh, 37, 38 degrees Fahrenheit, and, uh, you know, hey, winter's coming.
1: Well, yeah, well, it's exactly. You know, it is December, after all. Uh, just one quick reminder for those that are uh, that are listening to us uh, live today, we do have uh the chat window available, so if you have any questions, you can reach us out there, or you can call in and ask questions to Bob or myself, any code 646-716-8372, so we can ask the questions. So, Bob, let's just start at the top. You know, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Nortel and, and what you do.
0: Well, I'm, I'm older than dirt, Stuart. I've been around a long time. I've been uh, involved with communications way back uh, before divestiture in the phone company. You know, I worked for New England Telephone doing voice data stuff, and then from there I went on to a company called the Codex Corporation, which is a long time ago, and the big business back then was modems, leased line and dial-up modems, and believe it or not, uh, state-of-the-art back then was 9,600-bit per second, then we went to 12.8 kilobits, and then 14.4, and... Uh, and then from there, I got involved with uh, Wellfleet, which uh, was one of the original router companies. And then Wellfleet merged with Synoptics and became Bay Networks. And then Bay Networks was acquired by Nortel. I'd say about 10 years ago now. So uh, I've been doing this a long time, all the way from uh, uh, simple voice communication, 75 bit per second teletype, up to uh, where we're at today. And uh, and today, as you said. Uh, I get involved with the, the the field marketing, the communication, the articulation of our story, uh primarily in North America regarding uh, unified communications, which I'm going to talk a little bit about today, and our, our data portfolio.
1: Okay. And and I met you at the Tech Select conference oh almost a month ago now and uh, I was, you know, really impressed by by your presentation there. So I thought, well, you know, gotta have Bob on the program. So welcome. Thanks, Bob, for taking uh, some time out of your day to come and join us here. And I know it's lunch, your lunch hour on the uh, East Coast,er. So even an extra thanks for uh, for joining us during your lunch hour. Let's let's start off first. You know, let's what is what is unified messaging, and you know what is it? That, what's you know just what is it?
0: That's fair. And in fact, let me make that distinction. You bring up an interesting point, Stuart. You said unified messaging. Unified messaging has been around for a while, and it's a useful tool. Unified messaging is where if I have all of my voicemail, fax, and email in one bucket, if you will. For example, I use Unified Messaging uh, when I'm looking at my email. If someone calls me, let's say in the office, uh, it shows up uh, as a message on my email that I can access and listen to. If someone sends me a fax, the same thing. So Unified Messaging has been around. It's a valuable tool. The thing that I pound the table on is Unified Communications, And let me just spend a minute going through, because I do think it's an important subject, and in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, it is the strategic driver for enterprise businesses, small and large, uh, going forward. Unified communications, I would picture it in two ways. One is envision all the different ways that people have to communicate with each other. Now, obviously, we're all used to telephony, uh, and we've been doing that for a long time, and then over the last few years, email instant messaging and presence, but also think in terms of application sharing, desktop sharing, whiteboarding, etc. What I like to tell people is try to get your arms around all of them. If you're running a business, small, medium, or large business, try to get your arms around all of the different ways that you can communicate, that you can collaborate, that you can access and disseminate information between yourself and your Customers, your partners, your suppliers, your employees, etc. Now look at that mass of of different ways of communicating nowadays, and don't limit yourself to just telephony and email. Take advantage of those others, and try to create a seamless ball of communications, is how I sort of like to look at it. Picture it, if you will, that you've got this seamless capability of communications that you can dig into and utilize and not necessarily care which method you're using, but use the method that is most appropriate for that point of time. So that's one aspect of unified communications. The next aspect of that then is tie it into your workflow. That is, we operate on two separate planes uh, typically. That is, we have the, the communication stuff, which we're doing right now, and we also have what we do at our desk on our desktop, or with higher-level business applications. So unified communication says, now, take advantage of that seamless ball of communication capabilities that aren't separated into silos, but we've positioned it so that they could all be utilized in conjunction with each other. And, for example, tie it into your calendar or your email, or in the case of uh, Office-type applications like Word, Excel, PowerPoint. For example, I'm looking at a spreadsheet, Uh, I've got a question about cell G14, I hover my cursor over the originator's name, I get a drop-down menu showing me the different ways I can communicate with that person. It may be by phone, and it'll give me a drop-down menu with a laundry list of phone numbers such as cell phone, home phone, desk phone, etc. Or it may be via instant messaging, I will see his presence, his availability. I may want to set up uh, a desktop-sharing environment so I could have him look at what I'm looking at and ask questions about it. So that's what's happening as we speak. And, in fact, it's been going on for the last two or three years where people have been integrating their communications capabilities with their calendar, email, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, if you're utilizing uh, Microsoft Office capabilities. What's started up recently and uh, gaining momentum throughout this year and next is the next level, if you will, of taking that integrate that communication capability and integrating it into higher-level applications. Uh, the, the example I typically use is that businesses use applications such as customer relationship management, supply chain management, uh, uh, to, to run their business. Uh, Gartner coined a term a, a couple of years ago called human latency. And what they meant by that is a lot of times when those applications are running, there's a period in time where that application needs to reach out and connect with a human being, either to give information or get information. And that human latency is the length of time it takes to get that done just slows down the process. So if you could envision in your mind those two separate paths that, we spoke, that I spoke about earlier, the communication path and let's call it the application or software or business path, If I could integrate them in together such that that application could automatically communicate to a person uh, based on various triggers that we set up rather than having to wait for that person, that will increase uh, productivity. That aspect of it, that part about uh, tying communications into uh, your upper level apps is typically referred to as uh, customer enabled applications or customer enabled business processes so i 'm going to take a breath in a minute, but uh, I, I just want to I get very interested and excited about it because I think the the productivity advantages are obvious now. That doesn't mean that we're all in a position where we can run out and and buy this stuff willy-nilly and start implementing it. There's things that need to be done as far as making sure your network's in a position to do it and that your business processes are in a position to utilize it. But it is absolutely something you should keep in mind making any decision going forward, in my opinion, as far as data, voice, contact center, et cetera. You should be looking and saying – is this at least putting me on a path where I can get to that uh endpoint in the near future? And let me take a breath and see if you have any questions on that, Stuart.
1: it it all sounds really great, Bob, and uh I mean I mean I and I get it because you know being a, a technology professional I, I, I see the value. But I, now I put my president CEO hat on here and I'm going, Hey Bob, this is all great. Uh you know, at the end of the day, what value does it bring to my business is it the, is it increased productivity is it better information flow is it better you know collaboration between our teams or is it kind of all of the above
0: I would say all of the above uh, you know and, and and some of the exam one of the examples that I've given is like in the in the stockbroker business for example the application can be set up so that it automatically reaches out to a Customer or a prospect uh, on some trigger like the stock price hits uh, hits a high point or hits a low point. I don't know. Do you have any stocks at high points up in Canada? If you do, I'm uh, going to come. I'm going to move up there. Uh, no, but, I don't think so. Yeah, so we don't use that part of the application recently, but uh, but but something like that. And and absolutely as far as making people more productive. Like I say, I'm heads down working on my computer uh... doing something and the trivial example i gave i think is i've got a question about this and right from my desktop i can uh, call up a client if you will that shows me the many different ways i can communicate with many different people that might know the answer to my question and i can initiate that communication right from that client on that desktop if i so desire and and i'm just scratching the surface of of the capabilities here but the the thing, the, don't worry about it, and, and what I mean by that is I think the thing for most people is start to get familiar. And you can do a Google search on Unified Communications right now, and you will see it just all over. All vendors have been talking about it for two, three, four years, for example. Uh, and it works with a Microsoft on the desktop, or if you're an IBM user with Lotus Notes or same-time instant messaging on the desktop. It is something that you need to start understanding and start looking at, and thinking about and when you make a purchase or, or decision, say, will this at least take me in that direction? If I so decide to go down that road.
1: So, Bob, you know, you, we, you know it's no secret, and we kind of touched on it, that we're in a bit of an economic slowdown right now, and I'm sure certain areas of the country are feeling it more than in others. And same here in Canada, same, you know, the same story. Uh, you know, as a an owner of a company that's, uh, you know, experiencing some, you know, some troubled times. I see this as a a way that I can do more with less. Uh, Is that a a fair statement?
0: I think it is. When you start to build capabilities into the systems you already have, i.e., you're obviously running some software applications, etc., you're obviously using... Excel, Word, PowerPoint, etc. when you start to tie in communication capabilities into them and you start using them uh, to help you better communicate with the people you want and get information you want, it's saving your time. Uh, so that's, that's the, ideally the vision, the goal, the promise of technology. I mean, we've all been involved with it a long time, and we all know that we've gone out and bought technology and, geez, you know, did I get my money's worth out of that, etc. But that is the vision, that is the promise of this. But like I say, the beautiful thing about it is it's just something to start getting your arms around, understanding it, looking at your own situation, and then moving forward. I'll give you something else that uh, one of the things that has struck me with it is, and if you or your people on the phone were involved a few years ago, we saw this whole voice data thing. And and what I mean by uh, up until a few years ago, the world consisted of voice stuff, i.e. your traditional telephony, your digital phone or analog phone, connecting to a PBX and, and going through the public switch telephone network out to the phone company, et cetera. And then, of course, what came up alongside of that was the whole world of, uh, of the Internet, of IP uh, connectivity, where we were putting all sorts of information, et cetera, into IP packets and shipping it around in a different format than we did in the telephone system, uh, and using a network that maybe ran side-by-side with the telephone network. And then obviously somebody at some point realized, you know, why don't we stick the communication stuff into IP packets and try to get some synergy that way? So we had this whole area of convergence, if you will, and this whole concept of IP telephony where, in fact, I may be speaking into a regular phone but at some point either very close to me or not that far from me it gets converted into IP packets and runs around the same network that your data is running around. Well that level of convergence has pretty much taken place for most people. Yeah, and a I lot of us
1: have,
0: and a lot of people a lot of us have come to grips with it. This is interesting what I'm talking about is another level or layer of convergence if you will. In fact One of the things I do, and Stuart, when we talk down in Washington, I I always like to lay it out on a chart, say, picture the world of an enterprise consisting of data stuff down at the bottom, you know, uh, switches, routers, virtual private networks, et cetera. Picture on top of that uh, IP, telephony, multimedia implementations, essentially your communications capabilities that have grown a lot over the last few years. And that's a layer that sits on top of the data stuff. That coming together was the that level of convergence that we all dealt with uh, a few years ago. The next layer is that third layer, if you will, is what I call unified communications, where I'm tying now that IP, telephony, multimedia stuff into... What's going on in my desktop? Calendar, email, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. And that's another way of looking at convergence, if you will. And it is a challenge for all of us, because like I say, most of us have come to grips with the voice people and the data people sitting down and saying, "All right, what are we got to do? Now you face that next level of the desktop people. Now I say this Obviously, the way I'm talking applies maybe more to medium and large businesses where, in fact, they have separate people running the voice, separate people running the data, separate people running the desktop. Obviously, in your smaller organizations, it might be just one poor guy or, or a couple guys. Yeah. But, and in fact, you know, it, it's a, an advantage to a certain extent because it's easier for them to get their mind around it because they have to focus on all aspects of it. So it's, that's that next layer of co- convergence, and I, and I use that word because uh, – Indiana University is a big customer of ours, utilizing these capabilities, and they've used the term. and It's interesting because when they use the term convergence, they're not talking about voice and data coming together; they're talking about communications tying into their desktop.
1: Okay, so, and, we're, and, and Bob, sorry to cut you off there, but where sure. does the whole world of mobility fit into this? Because now we got this whole thing with Blackberries and Windows Mobile phones and iPhones. Uh, is this part of it as well?
0: Absolutely. Picture, you know, I I refer, for for example, I refer to this client on the desktop. Uh, And let me just clarify that, people that aren't familiar. For example, for a long time now at Nortel and other vendors, we have what we call a soft client. So picture, if you will, that I implement an IP telephony implementation, right, which simply means the phone looks the same, uh, but it's now going through the IP network. Well, but since it's IP, I can create a client, a piece of software that sits on my desktop. And, in fact, I don't have to have a physical instrument if I don't want. I can have that client that sits on my desktop that I can create what we call the skin of it to look like a phone. It's got the number pad and and this and that and a little display. I can stick a USB headset into my computer, and now, voila, that's my phone, if you will. So we've been doing that for a while regarding IP telephony. What I was talking about before with Unified Communications is taking it a step further and saying that client, if you will, that software on my desktop, now has all these other features and functionality in addition to being just a phone, quote-unquote. It can uh, do instant messaging, email, establish audio conference, video conference, web collaboration, etc. So that client that I'm describing sitting on my desktop can now also be put on an appropriate device such as a BlackBerry. So, as far as mobility is concerned, it's really just taking that capability, and since it's in software, running it on that hardware that you're carrying around, whether it's your laptop, desktop, cell phone, BlackBerry, etc.
1: Okay, I mean, and I mean that's the world we the where we live in. Especially, I don't know for you, Bob, but I mean, in the sales world that I'm in, I'm rarely sitting at my desk. I mean, so I need to have you know instant access to in one central place. To pick up uh, things like voicemails and maybe having it delivered to my uh, email and then also on my mobility device and you know and then be able to you know have a a collaboration session with people all over all over the world. So I get the whole UC thing and uh, you know tell me a little bit more now about you know how Nortel is bringing this uh, solution into the uh, the SMB community and you know the value besides all the other stuff we talk about you know the value to maybe the IT partners that are out there and partnering with Nortel?
0: Sure, that's a fair question. Uh, and, in fact, you know, one of the reasons, I'll be, I'll be honest, uh, is uh, one of the reasons that I bang the table so much on unified communications is because Nortel has done a good job of getting out ahead of everybody else as far as the implementation of such a thing. Uh, for example, when we talk about unified communications, we talk about uh, tying your desktop, this is what goes on today, t- tying your desktop into your communications. Now, obviously, we have the expertise in the communications area: the, uh, the instant messaging, the email, the web collaboration, desktop sharing, application sharing, telephony, uh, etc. Uh, when you go to the desktop uh, in North America, 70-75% of those desktops will be using Microsoft uh, Calendar and email. 20-20-some uh, 20, 20 odd percent will be using IBM Lotus Notes, same-time instant messaging. So those are the two major players. Now, with Microsoft, we formed what we call the Innovative Communications Alliance. It's a long phrase, but if somebody wanted to do Microsoft, Nortel, Google, ICA, et cetera, it would come up and you'd get all the information. The Innovative Communications Alliance, and we formed this about two and a half years ago, and essentially because what we saw was Microsoft has the capability of going in and offering client-server capability that was sort of, just touching the tip of the iceberg as far as communications was concerned, very rudimentary type communications capability. But the advantage that Microsoft has is they can tie it tightly into their applications that sit on your desktop. We, on the other hand, had a much broader, much more robust, scalable, reliable, resilient communications capability. But as far as integrating it with what's going on in your desktop, well, we're sort of you know, at their mercy, as is everyone else. So we formed this alliance, like I say, about two and a half years ago where we go out and we work with them uh, on those situations where people have – Microsoft on the desktop, and they're interested in going down this road, and we end up being sort of the service implementation arm for them uh, as far as uh, tying it into the communication system, et cetera. Whether the communication system is ours or someone else, obviously we do a we do we do a heck of a lot of work to try to convince them to put our communications capabilities in there. But in any event, we end up uh, implementing it. So we've got over a thousand customers that have uh, utilized this. Uh, ICA, Unified Communications, capability uh, between us and Microsoft. As far as IBM is concerned, uh, IBM has approached it not as aggressively as Microsoft did originally, at least. Microsoft came out with something of... I don't know if people are familiar, there's a capability they had called LCS 2005, Live Communication Server 2005, which was client-server capability, just did instant messaging and presence. And then about a year, a little over a year ago, they came out with something called OCS 2007. This is Microsoft Office Communication Server 2007, which does instant messaging presence, some basic conferencing, some basic telephony. So we've been working with that model for a while because it made a lot of sense. IBM, on the other hand, has been expanding their Lotus Notes and their same-time instant messaging capabilities, and what we've integrated with them is a product that we call MCS 5100, Multimedia Communication System 5100, which was client-server capability that we've had available for a a long time that does the instant messaging, the email, the presence, the web collaboration, etc., and we tie it into them. So uh, for the small and medium business users, Uh, You you have a couple ways of pursuing this. Uh, If you have the Microsoft on your desktop and that's the route you're going, We've got a product we'll talk about in a few minutes called the the BCM, uh, Business Communication Manager, that's been around for a long time, and it's a very robust, stable solution. And we utilize it and partner with people that can, uh, can, can take advantage of the BCM implementation and start going down this road of unified communications. As far as the IBM side, one of the things we're doing there is, in fact, we just announced a couple weeks ago, We've got this capability called the Software Communication System 500, SCS 500, which essentially is telephony starting from the IP world at scratch, if you know what I mean. That is just starting up with a SIP, Session Initiation Protocol Environment, type of capability for communications. The BCM is more geared to those people that have... Maybe an older Nortel implementation called Northstar, or they've got analog phones, digital phones, and, yeah, they want to get their feet wet on IP, but they don't really want to go into it full blast. That's the BCM. For those people that say, nope, I'm starting from scratch, IP, the SCS500. And the SCS500, actually, we package with some IBM uh, implementations and on IBM hardware.
1: Okay, so, I mean, I've, I've heard of the BCM before, and I've uh, just vaguely heard about the other products are about and uh you know as a as a, an IT guy who primarily played in the data world for a number of years uh maybe getting into voice is something brand new uh, what may what are some of the challenges or maybe uh areas that IT pros traditional IT pros need to maybe ramp up on before they get you know into offering UC packages to their uh, to their SMB clients
0: well yeah that that's a that's a great question. I mean the first thing you want to do is uh, you let, let's so if you're not into i p telephony today let's go back to the world of voice and data uh, which is fair and let me just touch and let me just get a little sales pitch in on the data side and when we talk data we're talking switching routing, et cetera uh, Some of the key characteristics you need to look at in that data world are things like reliability resiliency uh, bandwidth, price performance, that is, uh, uh, how much is it costing me to buy this data product? Am I getting the bang for the buck? And one of the things that we've been pounding the table on hard at Nortel is energy efficiency. This applies to the voice world, too, but I I wanted to bring it up here. Uh, Energy efficiency is something that was just discovered by seemingly all of humanity or most of humanity in the last year or so in terms of uh, uh, what am I powering here and how much is it costing me? And granted, the pressure is off to a certain extent as we speak, but we know it's going to come back. Uh, Nortel was fortunate enough to go through and look at our equipment versus competitors and determine that, in fact, we use less energy. We are more energy efficient. Uh, so if I take a switch from me and let's and I'll pick on Cisco and I always like to say, hey, uh, cisco 's a very good company. I've been competing with them all my life. I don't mean to denigrate their products or their capabilities, et cetera. Uh, obviously, they've been very successful. And so that's why we compare ourselves to them, which is fair. And,
1: and Bob, if I can inter- interrupt you, well, this is a, you know this is a Cisco free zone, so feel free to pick on Cisco.
0: Oh well, no, no, you know that's fair, <laughs> but <laughs>
1: that, no, that's good. Th- but we're all doing it in good humor. I mean, it's all, Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, so go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, right, and and I always like to preface it as saying I don't want to pick on them because there are people that are very dedicated to them, and, and that's fair. But uh, facts are facts. I mean, and, and so if, in fact, my product that I can demonstrate is either comparable or superior to theirs, let's say a switch, a wiring closet switch, if I can demonstrate that it's comparable or superior to them and I can demonstrate that, in fact, it l- uses less energy, that needs to be taken into consideration, so one of the things I wanted to make sure I got through on this on this call is Nortel developed a, oh about a year ago what we call the energy efficiency calculator, and we've put it through a number of revisions and we 've fine tuned it because we made some mistakes early on and et cetera. But what it does is it enables people to go and compare us versus Cisco. You can compare us versus other vendors, too, uh, and and we're developing that library, if you will. But right now, it's just fully stacked with all the Cisco products. And one of the websites I wanted to give out is uh, nortel.com slash saveenergy, one word, nortel.com slash saveenergy, or nortel.com slash energycalculator, one word. It gets you to the same place, and it's fascinating when you go there Anybody can access it, and you go there, and it's got a little slider bar that you can put in how many users 100 users, 150, 1,000, 10,000 users. And if that's all you wanted to do, it just comes up with a typical network that you would need in terms of IP phones, call servers, wiring closet switches, routers, etc., and populates it with the Cisco comparable uh, devices, and it shows you uh what the energy cost differences would be now let me point out i always like to refer to uh, stuff like this as a a four legged stool energy efficiency is one leg on that stool i do not suggest that people go out and make a purchase simply because something uses less energy the other legs on that stool are things like price performance resiliency total cost of ownership that is the uh, capital expenditure and the maintenance and the support etc But a lot of people resonate with this energy calculator thing, frankly, because it's something you can get your arms around. It's not very nebulous in terms of, hey, I put in one of this and one of that, and you use less kilowatts an hour than the other guy. And, okay, now convince me that, in fact, your features and functionality are similar or superior, and away we go. I'll tell you the other thing that's interesting that I learned, Stuart, because I wasn't an expert in this, is that uh, uh, when you power something up, you use kilowatt hours. The more kilowatts you need to power that guy up, the more BTUs you need to cool it down. So it's a double whammy uh, when you when you get involved with this stuff. And with energy price prices, uh, I was just looking at the latest thing on the United States Government uh, Energy Information Association. Uh, they're projecting six to seven percent price increases in energy over the next year to two. So. It ain't cheap. It's going up, and in fact, in some places they're running out of it. So it's absolutely something you should consider. And like I say, it's something uh, that I think is is easy to get your arms around.
1: You know, Bob, a, it brings back another uh, presentation I was at oh in Orlando in September, and I you know the name of the presenter escapes me right now, but it was a it was a great uh, showing you know the trend to online computing and and in the world of going online and they. They uh, compared it to the electricity industry. You know, back in the 1800s, we had you know, you know the, the the mills and they had their own power generating sources. And all of a sudden, the the grid came on and you know, we saw we started seeing energy flowing like that. And they're comparing that to the internet and the way data flows today. That we're at that crosshairs now, where uh, moving stuff into the cloud and you know internet computing is you know becoming uh, mainstream and becoming a standardized practice in a, in a lot of the small business space, but where you know you, what you intrigued me here with, with the thought is that we're consuming too much power now. I'm just wondering, you know, and this is totally off topic. I'm just wondering if you if you see maybe uh, bigger operations starting to produce their own power and as uh, a way of saving energy.
0: Well, that's an excellent point. You know, it sort of gets beyond my uh, my capabilities. I do know, you know, and there was articles a year or so ago, like Google, for example, and Microsoft, when they look to expand and where they're going to move, one of the major considerations is uh, can they get power there? Can they produce the power themselves, et cetera? It becomes a major part of decisions for the larger organizations and they just can't uh, make the assumption that the local utility is going to be able to supply them the power. So, you know, in some cases, it's not even a, a, a case of how much is it going to cost. It's a case of, yeah, can I get it? Um, the other interesting thing, of course, is it does raise the whole issue as far as we'll call it outsourcing, you know, and this has been going on forever in terms of I run a business. There's certain things that I can do and, and can differentiate myself with, and I'm going to do them. Other stuff I'm going to outsource because I don't want to build up the infrastructure to do it myself. You know, I'm going back to your thing about the, the computing in the cloud, et cetera. So those are decisions that people have to make in terms of the puts and takes, if you will, of, of offloading that onto a third party in terms of, you know, how, how is it going to work out for me? Am I going to save money? That's good. But it's stuff outside of my control? And those are tough decisions to make, and I don't know that I have necessarily good answers for them.
1: Yeah, I just kind of got thinking about that because the, the world is definitely, you know, from a data side and, and moving towards, uh, you know, the cloud, we we see more and more use of it every day. Uh, this service, for example, is a cloud-hosted service. Uh, it's just part of the things we do. You know, Paul, maybe um, answer me this: from uh, the telecom side, and you know, on the voice on the side, you know, and the whole UC side, do you uh, do you see that same penetration into the cloud? Uh, you know, people relying on hosted UC servers now instead of actually going and buying their own.
0: Uh, yes, I see that, particularly with small and medium business.
1: Uh, so, uh,
0: and once again, it, it it comes down to a decision that people have to make. But we've worked with a number of carriers as far as providing that, you know, picture, for example, if you will, that you are a, a, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 employee organization. Well, we go in there, we've got the solution. If it's a Microsoft shop, we integrate with them. And all of these features and functionality, et cetera, are available to all of those people that want and need it within that organization. Uh, When you get down to 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 users, There are certain aspects of unified communications that can be done on-site, and that will improve uh, from a price-performance point of view as time goes on. But in a number of areas, we've worked with service providers where we're putting in, if you will, that full-blown capability at the central office, and it's hosting unified communication services then going out to a number of small locations. So that is absolutely something that is being done uh, as we speak, where you can have your cake and eat it, too, where you can take advantage of these services, but you do not necessarily have to put up the infrastructure to do them.
1: Yeah, one I, it does intrigue, intrigue me, the whole uh, uh, cloud thing. Sorry, Bob, I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's
0: okay. The, one, the, one, the only thing I wanted to mention, and just to back up a little bit, Stuart, uh, on the mobility, one of the things I always like, you You know, you talked about, gee, you're you get your mobility and you you positioned it as, you know, you're outside the office or you might not even have an office, you know, you're roaming around for those organizations that, that do have an office or a building yet their employees are called upon to go out into the manufacturing room floor, the showroom floor, et cetera. The other thing that I like to talk about that I don't think people take advantage much of is voice over wireless LAN. And let me just elaborate on that a little bit. We're familiar with wireless LAN technology <clears throat> You know, we've all used it at Starbucks, or, or I don't know, you guys have it up in Tim Hortons? You got uh, wireless? Uh, you
1: know what? I saw some, some, but, you know, Starbucks is still my preference.
0: Um, oh, okay. That's, the way it is. that's fair. So, but we've all used it, <clears throat> you know, and, and in my opinion, for the most part, unfortunately, we're just scratching the surface of its capabilities. I mean, let's face it, 90% of the time, we're using it just to gain Internet access, uh, you know, at a place that's not our place of business. If, in fact, you implement it in your building, in your office, you're probably just utilizing it for email in the conference room or something like that, so you don't have to pay attention to what the boss is saying. People need to go and look at that next step, and that next step is voice over wireless land. where, in fact, I'm sitting at my desk in this small business. I've got next to me something that looks like a cell phone, but in actuality it is the extension of my office communication capabilities. I can take that and put it in my pocket and walk out on the manufacturing room floor, the showroom floor, et cetera, and I can make and receive calls just as if I was at my office, but now it's going over that wireless LAN implementation. But wait, there's more. Uh, That is, that's okay. That isn't, that's, you know, kind of exciting. But the other thing that I want people to be aware of, when you go to IP telephony, be it in that cell phone type of implementation I just spoke of or a desk phone when you go to IP telephony that display that we've typically had on the fancier phones the display that shows you the number that's calling in and how many people have called you today etc that display now becomes uh, able to access your IP network it's an IP phone it is no longer limited just to communications or telephony information my point is is that I'm sitting at my desk, but it's the type of job where I need to go out on the showroom floor, the manufacturing room floor, et cetera. I take that what looks like a cell phone, put it in my pocket. I can not only now make and receive uh, and communicate as if I was at my desk, but I can use that display to access information that otherwise I would have had to be sitting at my desk to do. You know, the one example – That I like to use is in the airline business. The guy, the mechanic's out trying to fix the plane. Uh, He needs some information. uh, He needs to get online, quote unquote, to get some information back uh, from his shop or his garage or wherever the heck they fix these planes. Uh, Rather than running back there. He can do it right there with his voiceover wireless LAN connectivity because he can access his data information in, in conjunction with speaking to people if he so desires. And think of the productivity enhancements because in that case, it's not just saving his salary that we'd have to pay him for a half an hour to waste time going back and forth. We're talking about 200 people sitting on that plane and that multi-million dollar plane sitting there going no place, burning up gas. So – I like to, when we talk about mobility, I always like to have people start looking at wireless land, which they're probably looking at anyhow or have implemented to a certain, and start looking at it and saying, gee, yeah, this could be utilized for much more, uh, to enable me to be much more efficient and productive than I'm already using it.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, I mean, I see uh, that whole wireless world as as another uh, just explosive market. And I know here in Canada, we have our challenges compared to maybe some other areas of the world around price and availability, because it's such a wide country when there's a lot of pockets there that are not served. But I can see in major centers, Bob, you know, free Wi-Fi, you know, you take your, you take your laptop or whatever device that is 10 years from now, and you're, uh, it's your phone, it's your email, it's everything all in one, one unit. And I think Nortel is positioning itself to be that uh, vendor of, uh, you know, the vendor of that opportunity.
0: Yes, when it comes to communications, you know, that's our thing. And what you're going to see from Nortel is, and, and a lot of companies are moving more and more towards software, applications, services, uh, because hardware, and we've seen it over the last 10, 15, 20 years, right? I mean, hardware just becomes... Uh, margin-challenged, if you will. That is, uh, It can get churned out, and it's useful and needed and wanted, but it becomes much more of a commodity, and there's only certain businesses that can make a buck at it. So people like Nortel with their intellectual property, et cetera, are going to focus on software, services, capabilities, implementations, uh, etc. I wanted before we – I know you had to leave early today, but what I, one of the things I wanted to mention, because talking about small and medium business, et cetera, and I alluded to them before, the BCM and the SCS 500 – Just to sort of give people – I think it gets confusing. It gets confusing for me to look at the various choices and alternatives. And one of the ways of looking at it is as far as communications is concerned, you have the world that we're used to and moving from, i.e. the analog digital world moving towards IP telephony. And a lot of people are still making that move and still utilizing the features and functionality that have built up through the years. You know, when we talk about digital telephony and traditional telephony, Stuart, and you look at some of the implementations from Nortel and the other, the old-time uh, vendors such as Avaya, etc., there are hundreds and hundreds of features that are built into that capability. No one uses 400 features. But everybody uses some of them, and and we base our business on them. So if you're in that environment, i.e., you're moving slowly from the analog digital environment, you're utilizing a lot of those features and functionality to run your business, the BCM, and it comes in various sizes and flavors, is the way to go, the business communication manager, because it can help you utilize your existing investment, utilize those existing features, while adding capabilities and integrating contact center, et cetera. On the other hand, if you're starting off new and you're in a position where you're not uh, – you don't have to worry about that uh, legacy investment or you don't have to worry about the fact that you based your business on some of those uh, features and functionality have been around for a long time, then you get involved with what we call it, with the world of SIP, a uh, Session Initiation Protocol. SIP is a standard that's been around for a few years that is sort of the, the dial tone, if you will, of IP telephony, and more and more – endpoints and servers, et cetera, and applications are based on this protocol. And so we've got then this capability called the uh, Software Communication System 500, which in fact is a SIP-based platform on relatively off-the-shelf hardware that enables you now to implement an IP telephony environment and take advantage of some of the new capabilities, the new features and functionalities that are available because of the fact that it's IP. So People need to look at both worlds and say, where do I fit? Either one works for you, although the the, the SIP one, obviously, is not going to work as well for you if you still have an embedded need for the legacy hardware, software, and feature functionality. Does that make sense, what I just said?
1: Yeah, it makes makes total sense, and I actually have a friend of mine here in Calgary that just started off a a company offering SIP uh, lines here in, in Canada, so... He tells me it's a very uh, emerging market, so we'll wait and see how that uh, how that plays out. One thing I made a note here, Bob, is uh, in Microsoft. um, You know, majority of our people listed this program are Microsoft partners of some degree. Yep. Uh, One of the things they they with their with their UC offering, was they talk a lot about presence. Yep. You know, being able to know, you know, if somebody's on instant messenger, on uh, you know, if they're in a meeting or whatever. I'm assuming that's all in with the Nortel package as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean. presence came along with this whole concept of instant messaging, and I think we're all familiar, you know, years ago, right, with the AOL buddy lists, et cetera, where you'd have your list of people, and you could look and you could see who was available, who was not available. That's a valuable capability, and you're going to see it more and more, not just in conjunction with instant messaging, but in general. Uh, That is, if I want to communicate with someone, uh, email or phone or instant messaging or web collaboration, application sharing, Think how much more productive I am and I will be if I can see their availability." Uh, I'm in the mortgage broker business. I'm on the phone with a customer. I've got a question about something. Oh, gee, I know that Pete, Joe, and Fred might know the answer. While I'm communicating with the customer, I can call up my UC client. I can see which of those guys is available. I can send them an instant message right while I'm talking saying, hey, what's the answer to this question? Do you mind if I add you onto this conference call? And with a couple clicks, I can add that person onto the conference call and we can close that business today. As opposed to tomorrow, next week, or never.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's just the way the world's going, Bob. It makes sense to you know be able to sit in your office and you know shoot off a quick message to somebody. Uh, it doesn't matter if they're here or on the other side of the world, and being able to know where they're at. Bob, you know, in the last uh, couple of seconds we have here together, um, you know, how does uh you know I'm an IT pro. I'm inspired by what you had to say about Nortel. How do I go about getting more information about the mark uh, about joining the partner program, or what does the partner program look like? Just um, some general information about how to engage with Nortel.
0: That's a fair question, uh, and you know, and I wish I had thought about the answer. I'll tell you what; let me give you my email address, okay? Uh, sure. Because I can point people in the right direction if uh, if people ha- have that interest, or or what you know, and it might be easier for them because any specific question they have, you know, it may not be exact. And I'll give you my email address. It's b like and boy. Uh, G like in George, A U, G like in George, H, A like an apple, N like a Nancy, Be gone at nortel.com. So yeah, send me uh, and if and, and for whatever question, question about the technology or where to get further information on the technology or. Uh, as far as becoming a partner, et cetera, yes, I'd be very much interested in that and in, in, in forwarding that on to the appropriate people that can work with them. And you said that a lot of your audience is Microsoft partners. We work with a lot of Microsoft partners today, and you find there's Nortel partners that are becoming Microsoft partners uh, because, in fact, they see the advantage of being able to go out and, and, and position that whole story and have that whole thing under their control, if you will, as opposed to just working with a mark. But they do it both ways.
1: Bob, thank you very much for uh, your great uh, talk your day on, you know, talking about everything from uh, data, voice, unified communication. We even talked about a little power and how to save power. Uh, and we talked about a lot of things in the last 45 minutes or so. I just want to thank you once again for taking some time out of your lunch hour there on the East Coast to come and join us on our program today.
0: Uh, very welcome, Stuart. Happy to do it any time.
1: And if I don't talk to you beforehand, I wish you all the best over the holiday season.
0: Yes, and the same to your audience.
1: Thanks again, Bob. And so we're going to we have to cut our program a little short today due to some other commitments. So, so I want to thank everybody for joining us here on Small Business IT Radio today. Thanks to Bob and the fine folks at Nortel for uh, sharing uh, some great stuff with us today. Uh, next week we have uh, Arlen Sorensen uh, joining us. Uh, the show that was supposed to be last week we got pushed back a couple weeks. We're going to be talking about marketplace ministry and some of the stuff that he's doing uh, and for those people that are in the SMB space, you most of you know who Arnold Sorensen is. So come and join us next week, next Friday, same time. Uh, visit our website, smallbusinessitradio.com. We got we're gonna have a great lineup. We're just kind of working, working it, finalizing some uh things for uh, for the new year and um, and getting some great speakers coming on and great uh, and great guests. So this is Stuart Crawford in Calgary, Alberta, signing off again for this week on our Small Business IT Radio. Once again, our website is www.smallbusinessitradio.com. Drop me an email at info at smallbusinessitradio.com with any feedback, if you want to be a guest, if you have something or somebody we should be interviewing. We're always looking for great uh, great folks to, uh, to chat with. So have a great successful week. We'll talk with you all next Friday.